That's the uh, Toyota Bell. I'm here parked outside the uh, B&A Bakery, 1820 Ellesmere, if you're interested, just a little bit uh, west of uh, Bellamy Road North. I don't normally podcast from outside a bakery, but uh, I went in to get our favorite bread, uh, sunflower seed bread. Oh, this and the flax, it's two fifty a loaf, and they're just so good. It's so fresh, so soft, and I love bread. always have. Um, anyway, that's not what we're going to talk about. This is kind of a continuation of the podcast I just put out today, so it's kind of funny. I, I don't like to normally start a new podcast just hours after releasing the last one, but it was a very similar theme to what I ended on. Last one ended with me talking about the fuss over my wife's key not working, her not finding it, um, and just the chaos, and, you know, my son advising me, well, go online, Google it, find it, find the YouTube. We'll know how to solve this problem. And, of course, he was right. In the end, he did solve it. And uh, we had a bit of a, a, a clash there. And I try to pull the old guy card sometimes. You know, hey, well, you know, it works for me, you know, this old way. Well, the problem still exists. She needs a new key in her remote. And in my mind, I know in Cedarbury Mall, they have these little stalls in the middle. And it's usually run by somebody from Afghanistan or Pakistan who's got a little bit of everything there. If you want something, a case for your phone or whatever. <clears throat> and one time when I needed batteries for, I guess, for a remote start, I went there. And I think, you know, he charged me probably over $10. No, oh, that's great. He took it out and he put it in. He had the right one and... Fixed it, snapped it back together, and I thought, well, I'll probably do the same thing. Um, and then realized, well, you know, there might be other places. My wife said we we should replace both, so maybe I need two. Maybe there's another option. So I told my son, I'm just going into the mall to um, replace the batteries for the remotes. This is for now, Coast. And um, the Mazda, and he says, well, where are you going to go? And I said, I, you know, that place, electric, it used to be the, uh, you know, wire, something to do with wires, radio, Radio Shack, it used to be Radio Shack, yeah, the source, you mean, yeah, the source, that or, or Canadian Tire, I don't know. They said, well, go online, see if they have them. And like that just didn't occur to me. And he says, yeah, just do source.ca. Just, you know, go, check. So I did. I listened this time. And I went on. And guess what? Two batteries on sale, like 762 or something. When I went there, the sign wasn't advertised. It was, you know, $10 for the both of them. Going online and looking and seeing a sale price. And then when I went to the clerk, of course, she's showing me, I'm seeing regular price. And I said, no, I think those are on sale. And she scans it. Oh, yeah. Okay. So that saved me. So just before going, I was, well, hell, 
I have a remote for the road trek that's not working. I better change that one. Well, then you start all over. How do you find out what battery it is? Because it's a GM product from 2008. And I so I do what my son said. Just go, you know, Google it and check out the YouTubes. Well, unfortunately, the YouTubes are all showing different models of things that aren't looking anything like the one I have, which is from 2008, you know. Uh, this is 2016. Oh, it's got different buttons, different size, different shape. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, it took a little while. I eventually found uh, what I thought was right and then called my son to Dan. Can you, maybe if you can just open this so I can check the battery. So he opens it up. Sure enough, it's a uh, 2032, CR 2032. Now it goes where 20, CR 2025 for the Mazda. It is a different battery. Bam. All right. I'll get those too. And I go in and they're on sale too. So happy story. But really what it came down to was me learning to listen to this son and my other son who corrects me on pronouns and things and words not to use anymore. Uh, And it's wonderful. And I just wanted to, that's the only point I wanted to make today was just, uh, there comes a time when you, you know, if you have children, you can learn from them. Uh, if you're open your mind and not be a stubborn old fart like too often I am. So that's all. I'm going to end there. This is just a start. Just kick start in the next podcast. Dixon Jane's number 800. What will it be? 870 maybe? I think so. All right. Scarborough Dude signing off. Bye for now. on your FM band, Scarborough Dude, a.k.a. Ken, sitting in the front seat of the road trek, and uh, kind of enjoying the uh, variety of music I get on that station, C-I-U-T, I believe. <sighs> it's Saturday afternoon, and uh, I kind of forced myself to come out to the road trek, um, I could just nap all day, and I'm, it's not a good thing, I know. And then I tell myself, oh, you're 73, you're allowed to. But no, it's a bad habit. But with Yuki on the bed, it's it's like turning wintry, it's rainy, it's cold. And when the cat's curled up on the bed, you know, making herself cozy with the, you know, the nose tucked under the paws, it's irresistible. You just want to be up there and, and just... Put your hand on her warm belly and just snuggle up, too. And uh, so I've been trying to read. I picked up this book in the um, train station at uh, 
Windsor. I thought it was a great idea. One of these little portable libraries, just, you know, half a dozen books or maybe a dozen. And uh, take one if you want one. And what a great idea before getting on a train. And it's a British detective mystery, you know. And it's just fun reading. Uh, especially the descriptions of London, England. So, uh, anyway... I read that, and then I can just drop right off to sleep. And suddenly I realize that halfway through a sentence, I'm having thoughts that have nothing to do with what was in the book. Oh, here comes an alcohol just driving, zipping back into the driveway. (coughs) I guess I don't know what errand she was out on on this nasty day, but uh, she's back now. And I just thought, no, I'll just, uh, if, if I get myself into this passenger this seat. I, I will not be dropping off. Sound of your city. Another Saturday afternoon here at Phil's Inn. We heard a set of music dealing with saints. Uh, I'm going to um, fade that out. We don't have to hear Phil describing his show. Um, so anyway, yeah, decided reading. Reading is a good thing to do. Mm, she's got lots of bags. Mm, she's done some shopping. She doesn't know I'm out here watching her get into the house. Anyway, that's okay. 35 years uh, as of tomorrow um, in Japan. So in Japan, remember, keep in mind, October 31st. Didn't plan it that way. Just that's the day we we ran off and got married. And it just happened to be Halloween here. But uh, certainly there's no plan on that thing. I still have, and check, I'm looking at it now, hanging up on my microwave here in the road truck, I have a black plastic mask. It just covers your eyes. And that turns up in the pictures from our honeymoon. And that is the same one. I somehow saved that these 35 years. Uh, and I keep it in the road truck. Nalco wouldn't know or remember it if she saw it. But it's something to me. We're, we're kind of different in that respect. I'm, I hang on to things, as you know, and assign meaning to them. Or I don't. Do I assign meaning to them? I suppose yeah. I suppose yeah. Otherwise, it's just a plastic mask, you know. But I choose. It's uh, something special. Oh, oh, oh! And that reminds me. Okay, I've got a job. There's a reason for coming out here. I've got to go and dig out. My um, Eric Clapton tape called Behind the Sun. And that's the one I have forever connected with. The the time before we could get married. But the time before we eloped when we realized maybe that was our best option. Um, she had given me the cassette tape. And I just loved it. And I could I just I'd ride my bicycle. I know I've told this before, but be patient. Uh, because, hey, how good is your memory? I would ride my bicycle up behind, uh, oh, down roads in Yokohama. You could still get away in those days. I mean, you think of Japan as being very crowded. But there are little, like, country lanes and back roads and parks and things. And I would have a favorite place where I would go. And I would have my earphones on, my little Iwa cassette tape player. And... uh listen to this and just think about her and and my god I was just so 
desperate, I guess, just to, to be with her. I don't know if desperate's the right word, but I mean, it was, it was all passion. And I guess, you know, as you get older, you, you, you don't feel things the same way you did when you were young, but my God, it was just so real. I suppose there's a bit of, of sadness that, that you just don't feel things with the intensity, you know. Later on in life, I was talking to, uh, texting back and forth with uh, the Nova Scotia guy, and he reminded me, he said, congratulations, he's been married 51 years. Now, I remember when my parents celebrated 50th anniversary, and I thought, well, that's that's almost impossible. How does, how does that happen, you know? Uh, but, of course, that was long, long, long before they passed away. Uh, so here's the Nova Scotia guy, married 51 years. And... Um, and then reminded me that, um, gosh, we had a reunion in Nova Scotia, and it was 1988. So, uh, let's see, it's 2021 now, 12 makes it 2021, 30, uh, okay, add the thir- 21 plus the 12 makes 33 years ago, we had our reunion gathering in uh, Nova Scotia. And I suggested, hey, I think it's time for another one because we are getting older and we have, we're losing friends. Uh, my age group, you know, people die. People, people go, people leave. And um, it just, mind you, for that one, I mean, people traveled from the Northwest Territories, from Vancouver, from all over to gather at this farm in Nova Scotia. I don't think we'd get the same commitment now, but uh, there's a chance, and it's certainly worth trying for, and even the smaller ones, you're going to remember the special folks, you know, your friends, those of you who had bonded together. Um, Speaking of which, uh, I just received another uh, piece of writing on memories for the latest Dixon Jane zine, so I don't know who is listening to this or when you're listening, that's maybe more to the point because I know some people are behind and they, they do listen to all of them, but they're, they might be a month or two behind. But if you're getting this um, sometime, uh, this will be out in early November, it's quite possibly not too late to send in a piece of writing. So if you're listening to this and I haven't already bugged you twice by email and you think, hey, I listen to the Dixon James podcast, how come I wasn't asked to? write something in. The theme was memories, and it's just, you know, us older folks are talking about how our memories are messed up and faded, but uh, um, Brent, who was younger than the rest of us and healthier, uh, was able to recall a few road trip memories. So anybody who has something on that theme, or if you prefer any other theme, but you know, memories would be a good topic to stick with. Uh, maybe a favorite memory or, or what's happened to your memories or things you'd rather not remember even, you know, like being bullied in elementary school or something. I don't know. Um, write in and share them. Write to Dixon Janes, D-I-C-K-S-N-J-A-N-E-S at gmail.com. 
uh, and there's a very good chance you will receive in return a 12 or 16 page. Oh my God, she's gone out again. Um, I missed all of that. I was so busy talking to you, so lost in my memories. There she goes. Uh, a 12 or 16 page, maybe, um, newsletter, zine, in PDF format that you can read or even have printed, which I do. So, um, yeah, just a reminder. Anyway, that's all. I just wanted to, uh, since I was out here, need to perk myself up. And uh, I'll have to go and grab that Eric Clapton tape. I don't know whether I'll um, play a bit from my... It's better sound if I run it through iTunes and record from that. But I could just play it in the car stereo here. Oh, no, I could play it in the back stereo. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, stay tuned. Uh, you may be hearing from me very soon, and you'll likely be hearing a uh, song from Eric Clapton, which I'm playing in honor, in memory, uh, of the woman who uh, almost, you know, gave up her a normal life to marry me. Thanks for listening. Oh, forgot to bring the bell. Ring the bell. It's back in the car, but it's uh, it's so nice. Ooh, except for that little bit of wind. It's so nice and uh, sunny out. Bright blue skies. Lots of little clouds, but uh, right now they're uh, they're not blocking the sun. So it's a gorgeous day. Three in the afternoon at um, Thompson Park. I've done a walk around, a couple of walks around with my uh, walking poles. It felt okay. Um, my knee, it never recovered from that fall uh, that I took when I was camping. It, it, I'm Something I've done that's not quite right. I mean, something happened, but uh, I just don't know where to begin. I mean, they, nobody can sort of open up the knee and say, well, let's see, we'll fix it again. I suppose they could do an x-ray or something, but uh, I think I just have to live with it. Anyway... It's, uh, everybody seems to be enjoying themselves out here. Um, running with their dogs and, uh, uh, it's a huge gathering at the dog park. Of course, I wound my way over there. I guess maybe for Halloween they had costumes. It is October 31st. It is, uh, the 35th anniversary for, uh, Nalco and I. Not something we celebrate, uh, really. Although I did give her a little gift and a note. Uh, just, just whatever. I had lots of advice from my son last night about all the things that I should do to make it a fitting celebration and showing how much I appreciate her. Uh, I think I failed on all accounts, but, um, I guess the, um, the problem might have been putting her gift, keeping her gift in a bag that was, um, what's the used, uh, store, uh, for goods. And, and the first thing she saw, you know, I tried to lie it out with a little note and put it on her little table, uh, was, um, I can't remember the name of the store. It'd be a funnier story if I could, re- funnier story if I could remember, but, you know, these recycle shops that she's been to on her own, 
but did not want a gift. And she, she didn't want to touch it. She just assumed I'd picked up something from there. And uh, no, thank you. I, I don't want it. I don't want it. I said, hey, look first, you know. So uh, we got that sorted out. It was actually, it was a, a, a book, maybe I mentioned it. It was, going to be a, it was going to be a gift coming home from Windsor. Then it was going to be a, um, a Christmas gift. And then it turned out to be an anniversary gift. Um, uh, a book about uh, mushrooms and fungi. Um, she does have an interest, and it's a beautifully colored book. It was an expensive book that's, you know, meant to be. It's all illustrations and and text, and uh, I know that may seem like a funny gift for an anniversary gift, but it is something that, uh, for me, seemed appropriate. But uh, maybe some of you out there, I don't know, maybe more romantic kinds than me. Although I, I think, thought I was a romantic, but uh, perhaps I, I'm, I'm not very good at it. Just like I, I like to think I've got good taste in clothing, and, and it's just been proven time and again. No, I do not. I do not. I have terrible taste. I really want, like, loud jackets. Uh, you know, I, I, I had a red, beautiful red linen jacket at one point. Sports jacket, you know, a, a proper jacket, not a coat. Hi, how are you? What's his name? Santa. Oh, that's Santa. Wow. This is Santa from Ikea. Santa from Ikea. That's a neat-looking Santa. Children, they'll just run and sit beside old men. <laughs> it was the neatest Santa. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, all's well, I guess. Uh, Nako's gone off to do something. So we shuffle, shuffled cars around, and uh, I've gone out on my own because I really needed to get a walk in today. I, I find it hard sometimes to do my exercise at home. It's these repetitive patterns. And uh, so I didn't. I said, no, we'll go for a, a pole walk instead, and that's what I've done. What else do I have to share with you? Uh, probably not a whole lot. I promised I would play one of my uh, Eric Clapton songs. It's not on my iTunes. I'm not going to put it on. I'm out of room on all my devices. I'm I'm hesitant to pay extra to upload all my photos to the iCloud. And it'll cost me more. I'm already paying something. It's just kind of annoying. <sighs> Last night, um, Nanko wanted pizza. And so we... I, I do pizza pizza. I know everybody can say, oh my god... Stuff's crap. Why do you do that? We're always satisfied enough, except for last night. I said I'd do it online. Well, on my computer, it just wasn't loading. It just kept recycling. Something's wrong. Something's wrong. So, all right, I'll do it from the phone. Start all over. Uploaded the app. Opened it. And it had a record of my previous orders. And I, well, no, I want to change that. And, you know, in no time at all, I had two orders for two extra large pizzas put in and almost at the checkout. And then, no, no, I don't want two. So, took away one then took away the other, started all over, and then realized, gee, this is costing me more than it usually does. Plus, when I arrived there, I said, wait a minute now, there's no three drinks that come with it. So, the way I always order, you get, you know, extra large at a discount with three toppings, and you get three drinks of your choice. I got there and uh, 
told her there's no drinks here. No, you didn't order those. I can I can get them for you. I said, well, you'll give them to me? No, you have to pay. Well, no, I always order this way. Well, no, you ordered online. You did. You ordered a different way, and it cost you more. You should have ordered this way. It would have been cheaper. <laughs> that, that was the degree of service I got. But she was a young clerk. She couldn't do anything. And I, I could have called for the manager and made a big fuss. I want my three drinks. But uh, anyway, it was just annoying. I, I just still, I mean, it is an old person problem. You youngsters out there don't have this problem. I continually run into issues. I'm fine with the, uh, you know, the uh, green pea parking works fine. And uh, still a little iffy about some of the drive through orders. It's just not my comfort zone. Now the biggest problem we have, of course, is... I replaced the battery in Naoko's key for the Mazda, and and I I talked about this before, but to get it working, the one with the new key, it just doesn't work, you know, because it's got to be programmed. Well, to program it, you have to reprogram both your keys at the same time. And that just strikes me as, as like, further disaster. And I told you before, it's ridiculous. Like, open and close the car door three times while holding the ignition or something. Absolutely. You think this is a joke. Come on. Come on. But that's how they're programmed, so it's not an obvious thing to do. I mean, they've worked it out. But And uh, they know it would be nothing if you took it into your dealer. Your dealer's going to charge you, you know, for doing that. So i got to get it right, and it's got to be the right model, because if I screw it up and now neither key works... You know, except for, okay, if you take the key out of the key fob and open the door manually with the key and then you hold your key fob touching the start button while you push it, well, then you can start. Well, that's not a convenience, you know. Anyway, so just the little fucking things in life that can just be irritating. And they're more irritating the older you get because you just have run into more problems. You're not thinking clearly. And for younger people... Probably for both my sons, this would be just a breeze, you know. Hey, no, just this is what you do. Bam. Anyway, so we're leaving that. Operating on one key for now. Ah, the life of a privileged person. And I know I am. Uh, I listened to a thing on, uh, God, one of the podcasts I listened to. Uh, Left Wing Out of the States. And it was incredible. It was talking about the the opposition for um, anything to do with Black Lives Matter, and in particular, teaching um, this thing that's making everybody uh, on the right upset. You know, like re-educating people about slavery and so on. And uh, I can't remember the term for it. I'm sorry. My God, this is turning into a disaster. Why am I talking? And it was incredible. They read out documents written like, you know, in recorded history, it's hard to believe. You cannot let the Negro learn how to read. At first they, they let them, thought, well, okay, we'll let them teach them to read the Bible. And they realized, no, they can get uppity ideas. Once they can learn to read, this will turn against us. And it was all these things that, you you know, read about 200 years ago, 300 years ago, 100 years ago. And then you realize, wow, this is happening now. It's the same thing. They're taking over the conversation that you get on, uh, you know, with these Tucker Carlson and people like this. 
And it's frightening because it's just, it's new terminology, but it's the same mindset. We cannot let these people have control. We cannot let them, you know, we, we've got to be on guard all the time against black people. And for that matter, anybody who wants, you know, a more equitable system and uh, justice in the United States, they're the enemy. They want to change our country. Well, yeah. So, I mean, that was really, really enlightening uh, hearing that. Like, and, and they're going back to documents and how it was done and how laws were passed. Uh, and people were lynched. You know, there was, the, the Negro was not allowed to grow his own food. And, and these things are, and anybody who put out any proclamations talking about uh, changing, you know, having rights and so on, uh, it was a hanging offense. Like this, 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 this is American history. No wonder that country is so fucked up. I'm sorry. I know to my American listeners, I sound very, very ignorant, but it, it seems shocking. And you can turn right around right now and say, yeah, what about all those children who were just taken from their homes and uh, are buried in unmarked graves? Uh, that's more recent. What are you doing about that? Are you trying to say Canada is, is more noble and uh, doesn't have the same problems? Okay, 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 you got me, you got me. It, it's the whole world. And, and, and basically, uh, there was another... Oh, there's been other great articles, political ones, but about, uh, you know, the danger of an arms race that a lot of people have forgotten how dangerous the last arms race was. And um, you have no idea how close we were to nuclear arms war. And uh, this could be a disaster. And now, you know, the tension mounting between the United States and, and uh, China, this is not healthy. And, and what what is the hope for the world? And... and then yet another article. So I've been reading a lot and getting stuff online. Of course, it's stuff that's tailored for me, you know, peacenik. Um, the whole idea of the, um, what do you call it? It's not the oneness, but the uh, a unification. There's another word for it, which I forget too. All of you are supplying the missing words, I'm sure. This is like, this is, I'm giving you like a little puzzle here. Okay, Ken will not know the word. You'll know it. So what you do while you're listening to me is shout it out when I can't come up with it. The uh, oneification, or something about the uh, the hope for the world that you know is it? Would, but what would it take? Would it take humanity, the good guys, democracy, uh, uniting the world, or would it take a dictatorship, which seems far more likely? Or is it the power that's already in place now through these huge corporations um, with these shareholders who already control so much of the human agenda in terms of? pollution and rights and wages uh, and uh, you know, even arts and entertainment and everything we consume uh, the food we eat and, and uh, that is provided to us how are you going to stop them? Well, what is it going to take? And, uh, and what is the future of mankind? You know, will we wipe ourselves out and die? And when you look at it in, in, in the, the light of hard reality it wouldn't matter. It could easily be a failed experiment. And yet, there's that sense that we are evolving towards this unification, this single-mindedness, this, uh, you know, maybe to the point of eventually being able to leave our bodies. Um, and that, of course, that was the other factor to bring in. Will it be AI that will take over and control the distribution of wealth and food and absolutely everything about our lives 
Uh, and what could that lead to? What if it was uh, with evil purposes or, or, or just, you know, practical things but without the human um, voice of compassion involved? So all this stuff is endlessly fascinating and maybe it's a, maybe it's a way of avoiding reality. I don't know. The here and now. So that's it. Scarborough dude, just a little rant from uh, uh, Thompson Park on a, a glorious day. A bit of a wind, but uh, it's still lovely. And again, I guess one last thing I'm just going to keep putting in there. I keep having little conversations. Like there's a lady waiting with a walker while her son, I think, was just getting the door shut in the car so she could go for a walk. And, and I just engaged in conversation with her. I had this happiest conversation with her and the sun. We talked about the leaves. I showed her the red leaves I had collected. And it was just a pleasant chat. And I did that with somebody else. did that on the train, coming back from uh, from Windsor to Toronto. I had a guy sit beside me, and he was... Yeah, I'm still talking. Sorry. Um, he seemed a rough character, you know, wearing a hockey team sports jacket, which, you know, I don't think he ever played hockey. Uh, and crests and things, and, and looked like a rough customer. And he got on, and... All I heard was him muttering, yeah, bullshit, you know, and uh, the conductor said, this gentleman's getting off at the next stop, which was uh, the one after, uh, right after um, <laughs> Windsor. Can't remember that name either. Um, anyway, he, he he muttered, yeah, bullshit, yeah, we're not robots, I know, I know. And I thought, oh my God, just don't even engage with this person. Well little while later into the ride, I engaged with that person. And he was part Aboriginal, uh, part uh, French-Canadian, part Irish. And he, he he had everything in him, or so so his story went. But it was a, just a wonderful conversation. And just I immediately erased all the little bit of prejudice. I, I don't want to talk to this guy. Just disappeared. And... It was. A, I was talking to a real person who was really going through life. He was leaving town just to get away from some bad influences. He had been in jail. He had drug and alcohol problems, and he was he was open about all of it. And you know, he knows that Jesus is the way to go that will help him. But he just needed some space to himself. And it was a very good, you know, I'm sure a 15, 20 minute conversation. And and. You know, I didn't question his faith in Jesus at all. I went along with him, and I, I mentioned a little bit about Zen and the here and now, and and I was just I was very supportive, and I think he was glad of me listening to him and his story and engaging. And I didn't put my story forward for a change. You know, well, this is my story. It's really interesting. No, I listened to his story, which was very interesting and very real, very raw. And and I wish that person well. It reminded me of the. Uh, uh, never mind. <laughs> I'm just glad of it. But anyway, that that that's the point. I engage with strangers. And I noticed, uh, well, when I bought the book on John Lennon in the little store selling Beatles records and so on, how long I talked to that gentleman at the the counter, the store owner, and and things like that are important. And we've got to do more. And and I, I say this in in. As the world moves towards self-checkouts, and so you don't talk to the cashier, and, and, you know, who knows, you never go to a teller anymore, just go to the machine. 
And everything else becomes dehumanized. And we lose these encounters, and we live sort of sometimes almost in fear of our, our neighbors and strangers and so on. And that's why it was so refreshing to have that little kid just sit beside me and show me the Santa uh, that he got at Ikea. Um, it, was just, it was just refreshing. And we lose that. We really lose that. And, uh, I, I, and I think in these days of fear and anxiety and ugh, everything else that's going on, uh, we've got to push back. We've got to wake up, folks. We've got to reassert our humanness and our humanity and our kindness. There you go. Another another Sunday lecture from the Scarborough dude. <sighs> Next up, he'll have a little Eric Clapton. I haven't chosen the song yet, but I will by the time I get in the car. Bye for now. Ding, ding, ding. Thank you. 
Yeah, it's about uh, quarter to five on Wednesday afternoon, November 3rd, and uh, boy, it feels like November. It was cold when I went out to uh, go to my physiotherapy, my second to last session, and uh, the last one will be more testing. And what's kind of interesting is the uh, physiotherapist I'm assigned to uh, is very, very good at her job lot of experience and she pointed out the test they'll give me you know how quickly or do you get up out of a chair and sit back down again and walk this distance and turn and all these measurements um won't mean much in my case because i had them done maybe a year and a half ago when i first went there and then again this time so wow your uh, your test scores are the same or maybe even better except for the balance issue. And they don't test for balance issues. So all the things she gave me today were, you know, weird things like standing on a mat that's spongy. uh, And the only thing I could hold on to for balance was a ball, like a big beach ball thing that was moving. And, And then one foot forward, then one foot sideways and so on. Uh, and stuff that just to the normal person or a person without this condition would be just so easy. Yeah, what's next? And for me, it's a real, whoa, Nelly. Whoa, hang on there, buddy. It, uh, it's quite a uh, quite a ride. Anyway, it's all good. And uh, I'm just so pleased to have such good service uh, through our healthcare network and so on. Uh, I'll be sorry when it's over because it's very hard for me to maintain discipline and keep doing things on my own at home. I I know that's no excuse. Hey, just do it. But um, 
it's sometimes easier when you're you're going in for a session, you have a little guilt, oh my God, I better do my exercises in case they ask. So anyway, moving on to other things, I just had an email uh, saying that my friend, our friend, a member, a, a real central member of this original Lachine core group of this Dixon Jane's tribe. So going back to Lachine days, to Lachine High and to uh, Sir George Williams University, um, was Glenn. And I had maybe mentioned in the past, Glenn has been uh, stricken with cancer and has been on various treatments and new therapies or new medicines and so on. But he's at a point now. I just learned uh, in a, a letter an hour ago that um, he's not eating and is in a lot of pain. And tomorrow he'll be going into uh, palliative care. And usually that means it's, uh, you know, you don't go home again. And it's, I mean, we've all known, you know, this cancer is not going away. Uh, it's spreading. It has spread. And, you know, it's just, it's, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't have the words to, to, it's another loss. It's another, it's the reality of living and dying. Glenn, Glenn has just been so admirable, uh, as Bruce said, uh, he's been a real trooper through this whole thing. Like, he's just kept his spirits up and sounded cheerful. I, I talked to him, I guess it's well over a month ago now, and he was just full of his old self, but just tires very quickly. And, and he was just special and a real important part of the group in terms of connecting us all. I've mentioned before Glenn was uh, the first person I knew who was, came out as gay and, and, and um, it was sort of like a non-issue. I, I talk about it like it was because we went to clubs in Vancouver. He was part of that mi Vancouver migration. I mean, I I met him just after I'd come back from Europe in 1970, or we connected. We knew who we were, uh, and then um, I went to his house, and and Glenn was the one who turned us on to music. Glenn was our our DJ for our whole group. Um, and continued to be so even when we all gradually, one by one, moved out to Vancouver in the early 70s. Um, his sister, uh, Debbie, uh, if anybody's read my books, you will have come across that name many times, Deb, um, who I became um, very involved with. We lived together for quite a few years. Um, of course, she's taking this very hard. It is her dear brother. Uh, and Deb feels for people. They, the family was very special. The, and again, some of this I may have mentioned on other podcasts, but uh, who remembers? There was something unique about them. His, and I, I won't get into the whole life story of his mother, but we, we all loved his mother. 
I did talk about her, Dolores, Dory. We knew her as Dory. And she was just so accepting of all of us and our antics and so on. Um, Glenn was music. Glenn was about music. Glenn was about just, as I think of him now, close my eyes, I just see this big smiling face and just like a, like a, like he's about to giggle at, at something and, and something funny and, and, and there was always a little bit of, it wasn't drama, just excitement and thrills around Glenn. Uh, he's, his partner, Don, um, they've been together, uh, well, longer than I've been married, which is 35 years. Um, and, um, so, it's it's just this reality that you know what do you what do you do with your life? You know it's going to end. What do you do? How do you spend it? And I guess Glenn was you know if you look back on it, Glenn just shared. He shared himself. He shared his music. He shared his fun. He shared his sadness. He was just more open than the rest of us were. We we all our our family lives are just a little more staid, uh, a little more fixed. Some ways, Glenn's was just more open. We used to, uh, he, you know, in, in one of the places he lived, we would just go and tap on this basement window and we'd usually climb in through that window. Didn't go through the front door and downstairs through the house. You just know. You wanted to visit Glenn, you went in this basement window and you sat down the basement. And that's where he had a speaker up in the ceiling. And you, we were just, we were always just sitting on the floor around a water pipe. He had a water pipe. Uh, I often supplied the hash. Glenn always had the water pipe and the music. And he'd play cuts by cuts. It wouldn't be, okay, just sit here, I'm going to put on this album. It was cut by cut. And Glenn became the DJ, and, and we'd all get excited. And we'd all, I mean, we were high a lot of that time. And would just get blown away by by the cut he had just played. And we never knew what's next. But none of us had to worry because Glenn would find the next cut. And then suddenly, you know, it's at an end. And then suddenly Glenn would say, oh, I've got it, I've got it. And bam, another track. And just, of course, the needle would just drop down on the right track. And wow. I mean, these are the days we're talking about vinyl here. Um, and the next guy, they'd be like, whoa, yeah. And uh, I know, it, it was silly, but it was fun. Those are the times when we'd have a, Maybe spend part of an evening watching a candle flame die as the wax just melted down to nothing and then the wick would drop into the bottom and the wick was, there was no more wax, but the wick was still going because there was oxygen in there and it was, you could see the, just the wick and a little bit of flame left in the bottom of the wine bottle and you're going, ooh, ah, it was life and death. Ah. I know it probably sounds quite silly, but it was fun. And he always had neat places where he lived, the different places. And the last one was absolutely out in Burnaby. 
uh, I don't know, 20th floor or something of a, a beautiful high rise with a balcony. It was like stepping out, uh, you know, wow, my God, this is almost scary. We're so high up looking over parks. It was a wonderful place. He had, he'd spent a good part of his life, uh, most of it in productive working years, um, working for the uh, provincial government, I guess, in the license bureau. And so he put in, he did the time and um, collected the pensions and um, got to travel and do things. So he had a full life. He had, I'm talking like he's gone, but it's, uh, I guess that right up until now, he's just been so brave about this. And and it's, I, I said to Bruce, it's an example for the rest of us that he's just been able to, he's not trying to bring everybody down and woe is me and poor me. There was none of that. It was just friendly, that face that just was alive. So I'll end there. I feel I've been talking for much longer than I have been, but uh, it's funny because before getting that email, I was driving along and for whatever reason, I was thinking about Harold, AKA the barstool Buddha, who's in Thailand and I guess I was thinking about the trips we did, the two, the the um, southwest United States, you know, Colorado and Utah and Wyoming and all those places, the four corners, and, and that he had planned the whole thing. And, and I'm to this day, I'm just so grateful that, wow, yeah, we met in Denver. And uh, I flew into Denver and then left by train. And meanwhile, Harold had arranged this circle tour of all those southwestern states and it was absolutely wonderful and then the next summer he rented a camper van i may even have the orders wrong maybe the camper van was the year before and we did the uh the cape breton trail in nova scotia and, and just had a wonderful maritime holiday and he did all the driving on both trips and now he's in Thailand and he's suffering from, oh, he's had many, many surgeries on his back, on his neck. And it does not appear that, um, that well, he's, he he worked as an expat on these huge construction jobs, like dams and things in Southeast Asia and in Laos and Thailand and Papua New Guinea. And he just, he invented himself. Another hero uh, in my eyes, um, a, a friend, Harold, who we knew when he was an aircraft mechanic for CP Air back in Dorval and had an apartment and uh, we where I lived for a while. And uh, Harold was the one who got caught, busted by the Dorval cops for hashish, and uh, but let go the same night. And uh, lots of antics, crazy old cars and stories, and just uh, always humor and comedy and adventure with Harold. Uh, and again, you know, with both Glenn and Harold, acid trips, and and where you you these are bonding experiences. And. Anyway, ended up he ended up. I've the letters. Some of the letters appear in my book of uh, Harold just showing up at our doorstep in 
in uh, Kawasaki when we Noko and I had married and had this wonderful apartment. Harold stayed with us for quite a while. And uh, then started getting these jobs. Started off in Singapore and then often ended up anyway in Thailand. Married a, uh, a woman who he remains married to. Uh, and but finally got to the point where it was he was not able to. Well, couldn't get another job. I mean, he was he was. I guess he's about five years younger than us, but his working days were over. His health just he always had a driver anyway. Uh, Harold was notoriously a very very heavy drinker, heavy smoker, in his younger years, uh, and has now virtually given up both. Uh, again, health reasons. I think maybe, and, and a golf player, an avid golf player. So he lived a good life. He lived like an expat. He invented himself. He, you know, he said, yeah, this is, this is my life and uh, has not returned to Canada for some time. And uh, it appears now he just won't be able to. And um, I, I'm very sad about that. And that was the, the thought as I was driving along today that, gosh, you know, I may never see Harold again either. And these are two people who were just the the solid part of, of our first formation, part of the, the Dixon Janes group, of course, when we, you know, when we did the zine, when we started it, Harold was one of the people sitting at the table and we decided we needed to put out this zine. So there's a connection there, Harold and... Um, Bruce were responsible when I missed an issue. They put out one called the Ketchup Outlaw, which you know we just thought was funny and uh, uh, it was hilarious. Uh, those are the days when the Dixon Jane Zine was was the sole purpose was to keep this group of friends together. And since we had scattered across the globe, uh, we'd do it through a newsletter and just send in stories or stories about the Rock, which came a bit later. Um, oh no, I guess we had the rock right from the start. That's right. Because uh, really, the zine started in 19, fall of 1985, and here it is fall of um, 2021. And I'm in the midst of placing stories in the volume 23, number one of the Dixon Jane zine. So all these things are kind of connected. Um, and... If you're hearing this and you're relatively up to date, you know, it's not too late to send in a little story or a, a poem or whatever you care to do. I'm just starting to fill the pages in now. Um, but, yeah, it, it goes back to Lachine. Some of us knew at Lachine High, and I'll, I'll link the Nova Scotia guy in there that we connected, and Lachine High, and then afterwards the university, and hung out together, and then I guess we're drawn closer when, you know, we all became hash, hash consumers, uh, and sat around Glenn's water pipe, and uh, bonded, and then we left our homes. We flew off to Vancouver and regrouped there one by one. And that brought in Richard, who's gone, and we met up with uh, Peter, who's gone, and John, who throw those wonderful wild, wild parties, who's gone. And it, it does... 
what do you what do you make of it? What does it mean? I guess it's funny as I'm telling this. I'm I'm not feeling sad as I'm talking because, well, both Harold and uh, Glenn are still alive now. But it's they're alive in these stories. They're alive in these memories. They're alive in our shared history. They're alive in the adventures. The they're alive in the hilarity. They're alive in the fun. They're alive in the things we did together. They're alive in the, in the caring and the love we all felt for each other. We never expressed it that way. But we do and did love each other. I'll end there. And uh, I don't know what to make of this podcast, but uh, I don't know what to make of any of them. I, the end of it all, hey, I'm just trying to be real. It almost makes me angry when I feel I have to explain. Because I listen to a lot of podcasts that uh, really aren't worth spending all that much time on. I like to think this is different, but <laughs> I welcome any of you to uh, dispute that point. It's easy to categorize as just an old man's rambling. Uh, and I'm good with that. I'm good with that. Scabber Dude signing off. It's funny because uh, all this time too, I've been thinking about you know, Ken, you really got to get working on that bench you want uh, to put in Bluffers Park. And I've thought, no, the name, you know, there's always a little thing with an insignia with the name and the date or some words of wisdom or something. And I want the name. I don't want Ken Bowl on that. I want Scarborough Dude and leave it at that. And if anybody decides, who the fuck is Scarborough Dude and Googles it, maybe they'll find these podcasts. So uh, there you go. Scarborough Dude signing off on uh, on this day to remember. And coming up on Remembrance Day and the loss of Bob, too. Gosh. Bye for now.